Maybe then you can see me and I can see you Maybe then we'll come together as a people Tired of the pain cause it ain't new Let's come together as a people Even if we don't share the same view Welcome to the Jesus and Everything Foundation podcast. On this show, we look at all problems affecting the world and we discuss how we can solve them using the character of Jesus, unity, and decentralization of resources available to us. The character of Jesus, or as I like to call them, the Jesus character principles, are principles that whether you are a Christian or not, we can all agree on these principles. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. For every episode, we discuss a problem topic from our category list. You can find this list on the Foundation's website, jaef.foundation. We ask ourselves and listeners, what is the goal? What is the vision for this problem category? What are the potential solutions? What are the obstacles? What resources do we need? And what resources do we have? But most importantly, do these solutions and resources pass the character test? The nine Jesus character principles? If yes, then we move on to collaboration. What does this look like? This show is a platform to get the ball rolling on as many problems affecting the world as we can. We want to go beyond just talking about problems. So after the show, we collaborate by acting. First, we open the discussion floor to our listeners. Then we decentralize and open source all of our resources from brain power, manpower, utilities to capital. Before every episode, I like to ask our viewers and listeners, do you ever ask yourself, where are we going? Where is this world going? Time keeps on ticking, the day ends, a new dawn arises, and life goes on. But what is our destination? Do we have any global objectives that unite us when it comes to things like food, security, healthcare, education, or standard of living? It's a fair question to ask. If you work for a company or work for yourself, you have a general idea about your company's vision. Goal. So what is our goal, our overarching vision as the current residents of this planet? What role is your company, your city, your country playing in the big picture? And what role are you who's listening to this playing in this big picture? tuning in to the pre-show. Welcome to this episode of the JAEF podcast. This is part seven of our 2023 roundup. Again, this is part seven of our 2023 roundup. This series has been a culmination of 
the first episode, which has been the foundation of the series and the first episode, uh, which is the foundation of, of pretty much all the, the, the 2023 roundup was called Pardon the Silence, Reason for the Silence. And I mentioned that I was, uh, we, we had, we had stopped, uh, airing any, any, we'd stopped airing any, uh, new podcast, um, segments for the last six months because I was stopped in my trucks, <clears throat> excuse me. And so I was laying and giving a background. I was giving a recap and overview of what transpired in the last six months leading, you know, from pretty much around June to December. And I say that when I was stopped, I was stopped by two scriptures. And when I went into the period of silence, I realized that some of my symptoms during that time was some of the symptoms that I was seeing across when I started to really see and say, is this, is this just me? I realized that these were symptoms uh, that could be seen across the body of Christ, across the multitude of believers. Some of the ailments that I had in my Christian walk, I could see that some of these frustrations were being felt by many believers. So in my season of searching, I, I, I came across certain things that really forced me to recalibrate, really forced me to start looking at things differently about our walk in Christ. And one of the scriptures, why I say, uh, one of the scriptures that I've presented before was from Acts chapter 17. In Acts chapter 17, verse 25, um, I'll just quickly go there. You see the scripture that says, For in him we move, we live, and have our being. Acts chapter 17, verse 28 says, For in him we live and move and have our being, as also some of your own poets have said. For we are also his offspring. Therefore, since we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the divine nature is like gold or silver or stone, something shaped by art and man's devising. So, what this scripture basically says that as believers of Christ, what has happened is that when we come to Christ, our manner of lifestyle, how we do things, how we conduct business, we are under different government. We are under different rules and regulations. We are under the authority of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And that spiritual that, that that change in our spiritual DNA should infiltrate our manner, our lifestyle, and everything we do. You see, a, a, a person, an army general or a soldier that is coming from 
that has been trained by the United States, even when he is deployed overseas to engage in to engage in a in a conflict resolution with other you know with other opponents, even though he is coming in as an ally, they operate in the manner of their training. They operate under their, their, their military DNA. They don't operate under the DNA of their allies. So they are gonna stick to the, the, their manner of combat is going to be according to how they have been trained back home. And that is the same thing for us, is once we pledge allegiance to the flag of Christ as our Lord and Savior, the scripture says our citizenship changes. We then become ambassadors of Christ and citizens of heaven deployed onto the earth. We are from above. In fact, scripture very it is very interesting because this was a this was a mindset that you see with Christ uh, when he was talking. Jesus never spoke as he was earthly. No, Jesus always kept his pivot foot in heaven. In fact, one one time they they, they were saying, um, they were saying to him that isn't this the son of Joshua, um, the son of of so and so. And he says, you don't know where I'm from. You don't know where I'm coming from. You know, uh, let me see if I, let me see if I can find that. Those are really good, good passages of scripture. Uh, it, it's in the gospel of John and hmm, it, it is really good. But, but you see this mentality with Jesus. Jesus never spoke as though he had been born on the earth because he knew that his spirit was not earthly he you see in the earth we can put on these earthly bodies the scripture talks about putting off and putting on this tabernacle this tent you know these bodies are a house in which we live in so Jesus would say and say, listen, you might see my body here, earthly, but the, the DNA, the operating system of my body, of my mission is actually not from here. I'm just a tourist. I'm a sojourner through the earth. And I'm here on a mission because for God so loved the world that he sent his um, begotten son, that whosoever believes in him will have eternal life and not perish. That's in uh, John chapter 3, verse 16. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Now, that scripture says that the, the person of Jesus was sent. Meanwhile, for us, because we see 
someone in the flesh, we think that everything, okay, we look at the flesh, these bodies, and, and, and these are earthly, these are made of earthly matter. But what we don't understand is that for a spirit being to operate in this realm of the in the in, in the earth's dimension, in the in the realm of the of the earth, of this earth sphere, you need to wear an earth suit. But he's saying what you really need to find out is where what operating system and where is the person from, the real person is the one inside these bodies. And so Jesus is telling us that God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. What he's saying here is that Jesus, the real person or the real entity was sent from above. Which is very interesting because, <clears throat> excuse me. Now, in in the Gospel of John, man, I just love the Holy Spirit because there's so many. So the first, let me let me let me build this up because there's a lot of storylines and 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 we're coming into the end of the year here and and there's a lot of storylines that I'm building into this series. So I'm, I'm introducing different characters at different times so that I can paint a picture. There's a storyline here, but it involves so many characters and I have to introduce different characters as we go. But one of the, 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 the characters that I'm introducing into this storyline is, first of all, is in Christ, we move, live and breathe and have our being, okay? And another storyline that I introduced in the last episode was being scripturally, spiritually minded versus scripturally, linearly minded. Because when we read scripture many times, for us, we focus, we read it linearly. And I say we don't understand that when you look at scripture, scripture is linear. Think about it as a two-dimensional two diagram. And, and I, I use the example and say, it is like an architect, an architect's plan. You know, an architect drafts a plan of a building, of a, a hundred-story building, right? A hundred floors. You can see all the details on the plan, but that is a 2D diagram. It is hard for you to conceptualize the, 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 the building in its actual manifestation, the building in its actual physical structure, because you are reading it in a 2D mind. So what the industries do these days is we have what we call 3D renderings. A 3D rendering starts to show you uh, what it takes this diagram from being on a plan, two dimensions, and starts to enhance your imagination. Now, what they've done is now we have what we call um, a small scale model of the real thing. So you build a small scale of that diagram of the plan. 
and you start to see that wow this is what it would look like so you you have it no longer on the on the paper as a plan you no longer have it just in the computer as a 3d rendering model but now you build a small scale model of the actual you know final product why do we do these things to enhance our imagination and so and in the next year, there's a bunch of series that I'll be walking us through and showing us how to start being more scripturally, spiritually minded versus just reading scripture linearly. And I'll be showing you the interjections in scripture and, and how to read certain things. And, and you, you should start giving spiritual matter to, to, to these linear writings because your DNA, I mean, your, your default thinking should always be uh, the substance, the spiritual matter behind these writings. Now, that's a story. That That's a different uh, storyline there. Now, the, the storyline uh, that I want to present for us today, which we'll get into, but I, I'm first doing a quick recap, which is turning into um unextended um elaboration on the previous episode is we the 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 inner man in us we are to be more uh inner man centric inner man focused to really tap into the things of the kingdom of god in first corinthians chapter 15 it says Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Now, my goodness. It says, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 50 says, Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does corruption inherit corruption. Well, where does that even leave us then? What happens? Well, okay, let's backtrack. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, I'll start from verse, um, well, verse 42. It says, so also is the resurrection of the dead. It says, the body is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. So there are three kinds of so. Wow. Let me keep going. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. There are four kinds of sowing that happen to us as believers. The first one, he says, the body is sown in corruption, it is raised in incorruption. Okay? Then there's another sowing that happens. It says, it is sown in dishonor, it is raised in glory. Okay? Then he says, it is sown in weakness, it is raised in power. Okay? That's four. So we got one, corruption, raising in corruption, that's one. Dishonor and raised in, in glory, two. Sown in weakness, raised in power, three. 
sown a natural body for for is sown it is sown as a natural body it is raised as a spiritual body wow so the fourth one the fourth type of uh um change that happens is the one that i want to focus on it says it is sown a natural body it is raised a spiritual body now how is it raised a spiritual body so <laughs> This is what happens. Go back to John chapter three. Something really interesting there. G, uh, uh, the man, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God. You see, come from where? From God. For no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Wow. Jesus answered and said to him, most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, if you come to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Paul is saying, Now this I said to you, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Nor does corruption inherit incorruption. He says, Behold, I tell you a mystery. He says, We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed okay now the in the in the facet it's talking about uh there it's it's it, it's trying to point us to the mystery of how uh when christ returns how those who are you know how we shall be changed you know the rapture there but but that's not where i want to get your attention because jesus is saying here to Nicodemus, that most assuredly say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus asked him, how can a man be born again when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, most assuredly say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I say to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the spirit. Well, how do you do that? Count to 1 Corinthians 15. Now, the, 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 the one that I want us to focus on to is that last sowing that says it is sown a natural body it is it is it is sown a natural body it is raised a spiritual body then it says there's a natural body and there's a spiritual body okay however it's interesting i'm going i'm i'm, I'm going back and forth between uh, john chapter 3 and first corinthians chapter 15 starting from verse 42 all the way to 58. So I'm painting a picture. S stick with me here. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 44 says, It is sown a natural body, it is raised a spiritual body. Paul says there is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. And so it is written, the first Adam, the first man, Adam, became a living being. Listen to this. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. Then he says, however, the spiritual is not fast, but the natural and afterward, the spiritual. Okay. 
The first man was of the earth, made of dust. The second man is the Lord from heaven. As was the man of dust, so also are those who are made of dust. And as is the heavenly man, so also are those who are heavenly. And as we have borne the image of the man of dust, we also bear the image of the heavenly man. Okay, then he comes down and tells you that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. So he's saying, first of all, you cannot inherit the kingdom of God with your natural body. But we no longer just have a natural body. Our natural body, actually, there's a spiritual body that has clothed upon it. And that's why Paul comes down in verse uh, 53 and says, For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible has put on incorruption and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Or death, where is your sting? Or Hades, where is your victory? Okay. Then he goes to say, the sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is the law. But be thanks to God who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Okay. Here's what is really happening. It says, we have received the mind of Christ. It says, so, so walk in the Lord as you have received him. That's in Colossians chapter uh, 2, I believe. Yeah, chapter 2 around there. So Jesus tells John uh, Nicodemus that <laughs> unless a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Paul says flesh and blood can only inherit the kingdom of God. So Jesus says that which is born of flesh is flesh and that which is born of spirit is spirit. Okay. And most of us as Christians, we're still fleshly minded. But what I want to say is even to a deeper extent, what I've noticed, what I did notice was brought to attention to me personally, which I believe is a common uh, symptom across the body of Christ, is Christians are still scripturally linearly minded. We read this Bible as literature, as linearly. We don't enhance our imagination to attach spiritual structures behind the things that we read. Okay? So Jesus is saying, no, you have inherited a spiritual body. And the only way that you can now inherit the kingdom of God or see the kingdom of God is through your spiritual mind. That's why in Romans chapter 8, it says to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. That's the only way you can inherit or start to see the kingdom of God, is you have to be spiritually minded. That is how you put your spiritual body on top of your natural body. That is how he's telling you, corruptible cannot inherit incorruptible. But what can actually happen is that the corruptible man, you can force the incorruptible man to clothe the corruptible man. You can force, you can clothe 
immortality on top of mortality. He's saying this corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality. When this happens, then it brings to pass the saying that death is swallowed up in victory. So our carnality, we must start putting spirituality on top of the carnality. And that's, then it will be fulfilled in sayings, oh carnality, where is your sting? For carnality is swallowed up by spirituality. Death is swallowed up in victory. Carnality is swallowed up in the victory of spirituality. So, <laughs> wow. And then once, once you enter the realm of spirituality, you have subdued the power of carnality. You've subdued the power of mortality. You've subdued the power of corruptibility. You, you've basically taken a certain force and enforced another force on top of it that has more power. But what you cannot do is you cannot mix the two forces together. It's impossible. That's why he says it is sown a natural body. It is raised up a spiritual body. And he says the first body that we received was after the one of Adam, and he was just a living being. However, once we receive the second body, the spiritual body in Christ, the spirit of Christ upon us, because it says, however, the spiritual is not first, which is true, because we, were, we came first in the manner of Adam, just as living beings. But once we put on the spiritual, we become life-giving spirits, as he says here. So he says, however, the spiritual is not first, but the natural, and afterward, the spiritual. So being more scripturally, spiritually minded is the weapon we have to start seeing the kingdom of God and inheriting it. This is how this works. <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing. So we think that if we are going to be scripturally spiritually minded or if we're to always be spiritually minded we don't see how that translates into the natural realm but there's a force of faith faith will give substance to things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen in this realm, the evidence of things not perceived by your senses. There is, we, we, we are fighting in the natural. What we don't realize that we can be fighting from the spiritual, subduing forces in the natural. Because the spirit realm is on top of the natural realm. In fact, the spirit realm gave birth to the natural realm. That's a sandwich for another day. But the first, uh, one of the realignments that I believe we need entering into 2024 is to 
to have our pivot foot, in fact, to have our residency, not just having our pivot foot. You know, when Jacob was in, in the book of Genesis, I think Genesis uh, 28, it says Jacob was resting on a stone and he said, I did not know that the gate of heaven was here. And he saw on a ladder going from, from the earth, he saw a ladder that was going from heaven into the earth. But on that ladder, he says he saw angels ascending and descending. So the spirit realm is it, like the spirit realm and the natural realm are, are like two peppers stuck together. However, one is on top of the other. And that's the beauty, the power that we have in Christ is the ones who become spiritually minded, then our energy all, all comes from the spirit to subdue natural forces. Natural forces cannot subdue spiritual forces. It, it's impossible. One gave birth to the other. This, the, the natural force will never, ever overcome spiritual forces. So let, let me just put that there and let's keep it going. So we have to realize that our advantage is in the spirit. It is not in the natural realm. And so we are fighting defeated because we are trying to fight in the, in the natural. Meanwhile, every force we are wrestling against, Paul said, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places. This is in Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 6. It says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. Meanwhile, if you see the whole armor of God that is spoken of here, it is a spiritual armor. Why is he telling you to put on a spiritual armor? Because he's telling you you are going to be contending with spiritual forces. But you might think that you're contending with physical forces. So many Christians, we are fighting. You, th you think about it. The enemy we are fighting has his bases in the spirit realm. And he's attacking us in the natural. He attacks us in the spirit realm. He, he's, he's attacking us. I'm trying to really think about it. Okay, you think about it this way. So the guy we're trying to fight against, for us, we see a hand hitting us, but that hand is coming out through a wall, but the guy is in the other room. He, the, the guy is in the, in the room next door. So, and for us, something hits us. 
and you see your head moving, but you can't see the thing that is hitting you. Because that person is, their root is also based, they're fighting from the spirit realm. That's where the blow is coming from. So you too, you must go into the, the room next door and contend with him in that manner. You cannot contend with him in the physical. The physical is just manifestation. We have to go behind the door. In, we have to come out of this room, enter the room next door, and contend with the guy over there. For us, we're, we're, we're trying to counter in the natural, in the same room, in the in 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 in, in corruptible. In, 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 in mortality, in carnality. Meanwhile, the guys, Paul is telling us, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole arm of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. It says, for we, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age. Then he says, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand, stand therefore. And look at all the weapons Paul gives you. The first one he tells you, stand therefore having got your waist with truth. Truth, his word is truth. It's our shield and buckler. Truth, can you physically see truth? No, this is a spiritual weapon. It says, put on the breastplate of righteousness. Can you see righteousness? No, this is a spiritual weapon. Having showed your feet to the preparation of the gospel of peace. Now, you can see peace, you can see a physical manifestation of peace but peace is spirit. In the book of Revelations, it talks about an angel, one of them who's given us, uh, one of the angel, uh, one of the horse riders is given the power to take peace from the earth. And then people start fighting. He says, taking the shield of faith. Faith. This is a spiritual weapon. He says, take the helmet of salvation. This is a spiritual weapon. Your salvation is is, 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 you believe it by faith, redemption, all of this. You don't physically see it. Then says the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for the saints. So we have to be spiritually minded and not carnally minded if we keep fighting in the natural we're gonna die we're not gonna see victory and so i will i will start um engaging you challenging you uh, edifying you on how to start to read the bible uh, uh spiritually minded and and seeing certain phrases and and, and seeing 
characters in the Bible and saying words that you think are words, but those are actually spiritual tenants. Those are those are spiritual beings, those are spiritual entities. Okay, so John the Baptist was, was baffled. And not John the Baptist, sorry, Nicodemus was baffled back to uh, John chapter 3. And he says, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. John chapter 3, verse 6. Do, you, do not marvel that I say to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the spirit. And I want to tell you that the enemy, the person we're fighting against, in our lives, in our marriages, in our businesses, in our mental health, in everything that pertains to that, that it tries to counter our life and godliness. These are spiritual entities. Paul said we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Jesus is telling you here, the wind blows where it wishes. For you, you feel the wind. But he's telling you, and you can hear the sound. But it's telling you, you cannot tell where it's coming from and where it goes. You know, if you forget, if, uh-huh, forget if you, you know, if you have like, uh, if you, if you, you know, someone's on the weather channel and they're going to show you and say, so we've measured the wind, the wind is blowing from this way and is going that way. If you have an instrument, no. Picture yourself, if you were standing outside and the wind was blowing, you can feel it, you can even hear the sound, but you don't know from which side it's coming from and from which side it's going. Now, you might say, well, if I stand in the wind, I can clearly see that if I'm moving forward, sometimes I can feel the wind that is opposing me. True. But you could be, um, if you, you could be in the wind and, for instance, let's consider like a breeze, you know, a storm or a hurricane that is not wind that is that is um that is almost like wind that has been gathered you know that's like saying rain that's like saying a stream of water and like droplets of water you know a stream of water is is, is many droplets of water gathered together and they start to flow in a certain direction. So hurricane, and, and, and that's not the example I'm trying to use. I'm trying to, he, what he's saying here, the wind, you, you, can, you, you, you may hear it, you may see it, but you may not know from where it's blowing from and where it is going. And it says, so is everyone who is born in the spirit. And Jesus was telling us that he is of the spirit. And he goes and says, Nicodemus answered and said to him, how can these things be? Jesus answered and said to him, are you the teacher of Israel and you do not know these things? Most assuredly, I say to you, we speak what we know and testify what we have seen. 
and you do not receive our witness. If I have told you earthly things, and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended to heaven, but he who came down from heaven, that is, the Son of Man who is in heaven. Now, it's very interesting. Jesus there, he says, the Son of Man who is in heaven. The thing that I want to bring to your attention is that even Jesus was always uh, spiritually minded. He always had his base, his footing in the spirit to deal with things in the natural. That's why he says, even the Son of Man who is in heaven. How is that possible? He just said, no one ascended to heaven, but he who came down from heaven. He's telling you, he says, I know where I came down from. And he says, that is the son of man. You might see me, but he says, who is in heaven? So there's a, there's a, there's, this scripture always kind of points to this reincarnation of Jesus, you know, being, you know, he was here, but he was also in heaven. So, that is what I want to bring to attention and, and, and challenge us on how to see uh, certain things. Now, how, how, how does that then, uh, how can we use that understanding to our advantage, knowing that, okay, my marriage, my business, my friendships, uh, my, my mental health, everything that pertains unto life and godliness, because I didn't even get into uh, what was supposed to be the theme of uh, today's episode where I wanted to talk about the attitude of fighting, of, of putting on this mindset that you are a warrior, that you are at war, that you should have a mindset of fighting but knowing that you're fighting for victory, no, you're fighting from victory, not for victory. Jesus has attained the victory for us. So whatever we're trying to fight, whatever we're trying to deal with, we have an assured scripture of victory, an assured scripture of victory and triumph in the scriptures. You think about it. Um, that would be like if you're running a race, but somehow all you have to do is, it's kind of like the race has been rigged for you. You're running a marathon, but already at the finish line, the person you're competing with is someone is your name is already written as the winner. Now, all you have to do is to get to that finish line. Is you get to that finish line. It's almost, yeah, there's, there's dimensions to it that um, we'll, we'll jump into. And I, I, I don't want to introduce this, this next storyline uh, towards the end of this episode. But we will talk about how do we fight? Because there's an attitude of being a warrior that I lacked and that I have seen in many people across the body of Christ, whereby we fight as if we have no victory. 
we fight as if we have not won the battle. In essence, like we fight as if we, we, we don't have any advantages. And the reason we're fighting, not happy, you know, when you hear scriptures like, count it all joy, my brethren, when you go through various uh, uh, trials, why? Why is scripture always telling us to count it joy when we're going through trials? That's in James chapter 1. You know, it says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Okay, so how can we then start to fight uh, from this position of, or how can our mindset change going to 2024 that God is not against me? The things that I'm going through, God has not deserted me. You know, God God has not all of a sudden changed his mind. No, 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 no. There's a certain type of mindset we need to pick up of fighting. And I will show you using uh, some secular examples that even people in the secular world uh, who hang on to fighting, they attain victory. And Paul says, we need to fight uh, we need to have more of a of a warfare mindset than they because they fight for a crown that is corruptible we are fighting for a crown that is incorruptible you know so we will jump into that in our next episode thank you once again for tuning in to this episode of the jaef podcast your host for today this was part seven of our 2023 roundup. Your host for today was Calvin Cavanda. And I just want to leave you with this as a final exhortation. Watch, stand fast in the faith, be brave, be strong. Let all that you do be done with love. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. And my love be with you all in Christ Jesus. Amen. Thank you for tuning in and see you on the next episode.